Namaste Jai Hind welcome to another edition of ANI podcast with Smita Prakash Today my guest is a rocket scientist now I'm neither a science reporter nor a pure science student so I'm clearly out of depth out here but my guest today Mr Nambi Narayan isn't an ordinary scientist he was in charge of the cryogenics department of ISRO and he's led a very interesting life Mr Nambi Narayan has worked with the likes of Vikram Sarabhai and APJ Abdul Kalam. He played a critical role in developing the Vikas engine. Vikas of the Vikas engine is a portmanteau of the initials Vikram Ambalal Sarabhai. It is a liquid propelled rocket engine family designed by the Center for Liquid Propulsion. The reason I'm giving this long introduction is because all this will come up in the conversation with Mr Nambi Narayan. He is the recipient of the Padma Bhushan, the third highest state honor. But at one point of time, he was branded as a traitor for selling secrets of the Indian rocket technology to Pakistan. I urge you to see the film Rocketry, which was released last year and is on OTT platforms. Thank you, Rambi sir, for being part of the podcast. We are very honored to have you here, and. Uh, a little nervous because i am neither a rocket uh, uh, specialist nor am i a science student nor am i a science reporter so today i was really nervous i said uh, what if i ask a very stupid question and uh, the viewers say that you didn't even study this much before speaking with such an eminent person so i'm coming with a little bit of nervousness talking to you so um, i'm going to begin with uh, asking you you know you've read such a a uh, a uh, difficult and as well as such a varied experiences in your life that you have lived um i'll begin with uh, your the the first meeting that you had with vikram sarabhai let me begin with that so that our young viewers and listeners would would want to know that a yeah, very interesting question i and that it takes me back approximately 50 years or 53 years something like that I was working uh, with Kalam, and the assignment given to me at that time was designing an explosive bolt. So I was busy drawing myself on the table. He said, "Drafting board." Hmm. So somebody walked in. He pulled a chair and then sat down there. I saw him. He looked like a Hindi film star to hmm. me. He had his pajamas and then zippa and things hmm. like that. Yes, he just asked. Uh, May I know your name? Hmm. I just looked at him. I didn't know. I said Nambi Narayanan. Then I was minding my business. He said, "May I know what you are doing?" I said, uh, "Before I answer this question, may I ask you who you are?" <laughs> <laughs> he said, "They call me Vikram," and I was uh, familiar with Sarabhai, but not the name Vikram. Didn't sound anything to me. But behind him. Kalam and Hajjes Murthy he was the director they both were showing me like this hand i was wondering what is the signal is it asking me to get up or asking me to go there or whatever it is but i didn't since i didn't decipher it um, i continued to sit and then explain to him this is uh, but something told me very clearly that he is an important person that's mm. all so i was telling that this is an explosive bolt how when when can you finish this work i said maximum about a week oh when in one week you will finish it yes not only this fabrication and ex- uh, testing it everything we will finish it anyway he said okay i'll check with you he left then kalam uh, till then i didn't know he is vikram sarabhai hmm. so kalam came and said do you know who he is 
I said, I don't know. He looked like a Hindi film star. <laughs> that is all. Then Kalam told this is Vikram Sarabhai. Huh. That is my first meeting with him. Okay. Without himself, of course, he introduced himself as Vikram, but I didn't no connect way. it to him. So though he introduced, yeah. I didn't get him as Vikram Sarabhai. Hmm. But then Kalam explained to me about Vikram Sarabhai. I was really disappointed that I didn't know that he's so and so. I was ashamed of myself. Anyway, it went on. Then next meeting, exactly one week from that time, he came and he said, I am here. May I know what happened to that bolt? I said, it's all finished. Now I am doing a cable cutter. Mm. This is how it started. He was very much surprised that I'm keeping up my time and I'm always at work. So there was an unwritten, unexplained bond which started. And... Um, so we were only 23 people at that time in Isro. Though we have it wasn't even called Isro, right? <laughs> no, it is not known as Isro. Huh. It is known as Thumba Equatorial Rocket Launching Station. Huh. Tells, it is known as Tells. And we have only three buildings. Hmm. One is the Magdalene Church, which was uh, meant for uh, senior <laughs> engineers' office. Hmm. Then a bishop house. Hmm. In that bishop house, the director sit and Kalam's office, that is my office later. Hmm. Then there is a school building, which is an ordinary school building, which we use it as our lab. So these are the three buildings. Hmm. We didn't have any new building. We have not built up anything new. You didn't have a, a lab which and a swanky office, nothing like that. Not even Vikram Sarabhai, he also didn't have anything like no, that. No, nothing. nothing. Vikram Sarabhai used to come once in a week. Huh. From Bombay sometimes. From Bombay. Uh, from Bombay. And he will probably stay for a day and then go. Hmm. And uh, so we didn't have any building. After The whole thing started afterwards. Uh, we Tumbai Kutori Ranjing session was there. Then we had another organization called Space Science and Technology Center, which later converted, uh, we converted that into Vikram Sarabhai Space Center. Today's VSSC is nothing mm. but the Space Technology, mm -hmm. Science and Technology Center. Then VSSC or the SSTC gave birth to Sri Kota Space Center, which is known as Sadish Tavan Space Center. Then you had the ISRO Satellite Center in Bangalore. That is now known as UR Rao's Space Center. Mm. And uh, we had, uh, Sa uh, not SAC, we had um, uh, Mahendragiri, that there is a liquid center. Then William said, so on, be done. It all started with uh, Vikram Sarabhai space. No, Vikram Sarabhai keeps coming in your life several times, isn't it? Uh, even when you go to Princeton uh, and there's that phone call that he places. Uh, tell me, uh, you you are in Princeton, you are offered, a, who, who doesn't take up NASA job? I would like to know what happened and what was that conversation with Vikram Sarabhai? <laughs> Well, it all started like this. I actually I went there on an, in the sense I came there for studying liquid, mm. professor uh, particularly with Professor uh, Luigi Croco, mm. such an eminent person. You know why I got interested in that was I'm good. I was good in mathematics. Then in the early stages, I was uh, doing a very good project, which is axial flow compressor. Which, which can be connected to aerofoil and aerodynamics, aerospace. Then when I joined ISRO, I found that just a degree, bachelor's degree, I won't be able to survive there. So I wanted to 
do a master's or a PhD for that matter. And I applied to, this time I applied only to Princeton. When I say this time, earlier when I was out of the college, I applied to Princeton and Caltech. Both offered me uh, admission, but uh, due to my personal problems, I couldn't go. One extension, that was also not possible. Then I forgot about it. So this time when I came to know that uh, this is important, so I applied for Princeton alone and I got admission. So I was happy. Then Dr. Sarabhai was telling me that uh, uh, since I thought I should do some uh, master's degree, I, since I couldn't get any admission, I didn't think of any admission there. I went to Trivandrum Engineering College and the only thing connectable to my studies was heat, heat power. So I mm. went there to heat power. Then it became an issue in the sense and head of administration found out I am working here as well as studying there. In Trivandrum uh, Engineering College was so close to our center. Mm. I go there morning 7.30, 9.30 it's all over, class are over. Then 9.30 I come back here. Then continue till night and day and things like that. So they said it is irregular, he can't do that. Then Sarabhai asked, oh, are, you, are you the person? Yes, I am saying, I am doing that. Then he didn't bother about irregularity or irregularity. He said, why are you studying heat power? Why don't you go somewhere else uh, where something connectable to rocketry is available, which is not available in this country? Then I said, I don't have the money to go. I didn't have the scholarship. Don't worry about it. We will give you subsistence allowance. We will take care of it. Travel, everything we will take care of. Only thing is you get admission in one of the nice universities, like some of the Ivy League hmm. universities. I was happy. I was sure I will get the seat. That is how I applied this time only to Princeton because earlier I was admitted there two, two times. Admission was available. So they gave me, uh, what do you call admission? Hmm. Also, they gave me the NASA fellowship. That NASA fellowship was there after I landed there. So before that, I was given the subsistence allowance. Money was all, all through. So that is how I, I applied then. Uh, this course was supposed to be over. I think nobody got their degree in uh, less than uh, two years. Hmm. That's the kind of time frame. It's a part of your project, part of your uh, PhD. Hmm. In between, you can get your master's. If you audit, if you audit seven subjects and then a project work. So I did the project work day and night. I didn't have any other job. I didn't have any other hobby or I didn't wander around. I finished my thesis and I also audited seven subjects. So it's all over in ten and a half months time. Then what happened? They said, no, no, it's too early. You know, you should do something more. So they extended my project. Mm. Probably Bill Seriano, who gave me this thought that I'll take another six months minimum. But that also I did it in two weeks' time. So they didn't know what to do. Said that we don't go around the aerospace centers in USA. So I was extremely happy. I went to Rocket Dyne, I went to Thackel Chemical Corporation, Hercules Powder Company, Aerojet, all kinds of uh, aerospace companies. The doors of those companies were not open to all, but I was, that I know, I knew later. Then they offered me that we need to continue here. You can finish your PhD as, as well as you can get a job. I don't think they thought that you will go back. Yeah. Because yeah. Uh, these are all highly secure places. And uh, you come from an underdeveloped, not even developing country. And so they thought 
you're not going back because I don't I can't imagine uh, you know aerospace industry which was at its nascent stage for them to throw the doors open for you they probably thought now nah, he's never going back <laughs> there are two three two three reasons for this huh. one is um, Professor Croker himself don't uh, take students so he has more or less becoming a visiting professor hmm. I somehow managed to become his student hmm. by honestly that is also another story he wrote an agra graph in the year 1945 on the instability of uh, liquid rocket uh, combustion almost 30 years before you met him yeah yeah but combustion itself is a complex subject hmm. i took interest in it i started studying it i understood that entire thing though i wrote couple of letters to him not knowing that i am going to end up with him that i recalled hmm. then he said who in in a discussion uh i went there and i pleaded that i may kindly he said no 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 i am i decided not at all no no nothing 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 go 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 then i said i have understood your theorem many people use your results but they don't know how the hmm. theorem is formed hmm. he said you are saying that you understood the theorem uh, i think so then he asked me how the delta p by comes then i was very happy i started explaining to him that man was looking at me like this and then he said okay so what do you want me to do no no i said since you left it some place i thought i can carry on from that point onwards if you allow me to if you guide me then he just took only one minute and then he said look i am not going to come to the college you have to come here i said no problem then it may take a very long time as high as 6 years 7 years i said no problem Anyway, so finally he agreed. That is how I became his his student, okay. and that could be the reason for NASA to offer this because he was somebody who mattered for all the Apollo missions and yeah. uh, all the. In fact, <laughs> very very interestingly, I understood that he had a very high opinion about me, and incidentally, there is one guy by name Braco. He was uh, telling me you are working under Braco. Very good. Thanks a lot. I said, "Why? No, I am going to have a company." I said, "What company? I am here for the past eight years. That person didn't give me my degree. Now you will go. You will give me a oh, company." He thought, "Oh, I see." Then he said, "Anyway, good luck to you." Uh-huh. I didn't bother. Now that is the history of Professor Kroko. Okay. Now, if that person with such a tough attitude. Huh. Uh, is happy with me which means i am somebody <laughs> so that is why I, i took it like that so, now that somebody was carried uh, as you said under developed countries and all yeah didn't make all the all the difference and i also don't look like a <laughs> yeah 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 okay <laughs> Uh, so tell tell us some anecdote about um, uh, APJ Abdul Kalam because they, he has this huge fan following. I've met him once. Uh, no, I met him a couple of times actually, uh, and I was always overawed by him. Uh, very sweet and uh, very uh, unassuming kind of a person. Uh, tell me some anecdote about uh, your interaction with him. No, the one anecdote about him is that uh, one day he was calling me and then telling, "Hey, look." Um, we are the state is going to become wet from tomorrow all the hmm. liquor shops are going to be opened i looked at him and said oh he is i never knew that he drinks too much hmm. i forgot i mean next day it became really wet government becomes uh, 
then one day i was asking him say kalam prohibition was taken off that <laughs> prohibition yeah. is okay ha because <laughs> for our foreign audience they won't understand or yeah. foreign listeners and then later <laughs> i understood kalam never drinks yeah but the main which he was selling me he was so exuberant that mm. he was i thought he is going to be a heavy drinker yeah. anyway that is not the point the point i am making is that he is the one who developed or wanted to develop a d2 rocket that mm. is a 75 mm diameter rocket 3 inches mm. then he called it as d2 i said what what d stands for yeah, there are a b you have no no d stands for dreamer dream is going to be my pass uh, word for all the people etc i said fine then uh, why do you say d2 i asked him instead of d1 now if we do not do do d2 well we will name another one as d1 <laughs> <laughs> okay now, interesting now the d2 and d1 never succeeded hmm. but afterwards we named a 3 inch diameter rocket as menaka and menaka rocket never came out that also was uh, dancing in the <laughs> Yeah, yeah, only. Huh. Now, that's that's about Kalam. See, Kalam, well, he is very calm. He won't laugh. He won't smile. Yeah. He he will make a joke He's and then. Very he, fond of children. Uh, actually, and played you, the musical <laughs> instruments. <laughs> Classical music was of interest to him. It's quite it, it, again. Uh, music plays an important role. Uh, with scientists, I have seen this very often. Then <laughs> <laughs> Kalam, you have seen as a president of India, probably. Correct. We have seen Kalam as, yeah. as an SD engineer. He was. We were sharing the common uh, table and all. And uh, you work three full days continuously. Hmm. And we used to be very. Everybody calls him Kalam. Nobody calls him Sir. Then um, after three days, I said Kalam, I feel I I must go home and then have my dress changed and all. You want to go home? Yes. Go. as if some entire thing has collapsed that's a crime i am doing so <laughs> you would want to go home after 3 days <laughs> interesting and tell us about those buildings that composite thing yeah so actually in the church building there is a corner there is a dr mk mugerji was my he's from max planck institute see dr sarabhai has brought some from well known institute some people in mugerji was one since mugerji was uh, trying to develop the composite fiberglass winding so he was trying to wind a nose cone using the fiberglass he wound it with epoxy resins and things like that then put it on a oven and then it was continuously rotating so he called that guy what is his name sibadasan that worker mm. that worker doesn't understand english mm. and mugerji doesn't speak malayalam mm. so he is telling sibadas come mm. look mm. look continuously tomorrow morning i will come he said yes he he just said yes we all went home i was curious i was the first uh, after joining there it was my second or third week so i was just looking at it then i asked him sir have you understood what he said he said i don't know sir but what he is asking me is to look at it and i will continuously look at it hmm. so i also went home and he was continuously looking at it next day morning as soon as i came just started running towards his building to find out what shape it is it looked like a tandoori chicken <laughs> like roasted completely <laughs> roasted completely oh god then mukherjee came and he asked hey bhaiya what happened what happened he said nothing happened what happened he said you asked me to look i continuously looked <laughs> 
He didn't stop it. <laughs> he didn't stop. But the most interesting part is that was the first composite structure made. Huh. Today you are having so many composite structures. Um, uh, even the airplanes are being made. Wings are being made. Hmm. Uh, later, of course, C.R. Satya, another guy who took it over from Mukherjee and then he gave shape to it. It became a very big um, uh, success. So, uh, I'm going to hop back and forth present and past uh, i just want to ask you you know when since we are talking uh, at a time when uh, chandrayaan 3 has just happened uh, just about a month ago where were you when when you saw that did you see it on television and what was your feeling at that stage well uh, it was a very mixed feeling because i i retired 20 years back hmm. i was staying put at at my home hmm. watching the whole thing in the television but that occasion so many tv cameras were in my house <laughs> all of them were yeah they wanted, so was ours yeah <laughs> we were there too yeah but yes yes you were uh, yeah, annie was there jisha uh, yeah so they were asking me questions and i am putting them in a language probably which they understand it uh, yes. how it is happening etc so i had a reputation of that kind so i was along with them i was just watching the landing i was really excited and then my mind went back to those days when we were uh, carrying the rockets in the kerala state transport corporation bus and bullet really yeah in a bus state transport bus yeah because we didn't have any vehicle. people take hen and chicken and all that and eggs and you were taking rockets actually yes the first uh, uh, dart payload which which will look like exactly like a rocket we didn't have a fabrication facility huh. so we got it fabricated uh, in uh, industrial estate called papanangod then i was feeling shy to carry that piece huh. we didn't have a vehicle so i had to go by the bus so i i took a newspaper wrapped it around <laughs> to hide it and then was holding in my hand and then got into the bus and the damp paper gave way because of wind and the tip of the rocket was seen <laughs> they were all looking at me <laughs> what, what did you think that people think it's a banana tree or carrying or something no they must have thought many things some of them were curious some of them were just uh, i was i was feeling shy to to carry but yeah. that was the lack of funding no that you didn't even have a car to carry a piece no, our director had a car okay and we all had a common jeep and then uh, we were only 23 people 23 so we, we, yeah, we had only one bus which will uh, and there are now what to 28000 scientists or something like right, that right uh, close to 28000 scientists a number of buses i don't know even in trivandrum alone it's about 300 400 buses wow Uh, we have grown <laughs> correct correct so uh, you know uh, another question which uh, i wanted to ask you was about uh, the vikram lander uh, it and uh, the pragyan rover the, it's it's gone into the sleep mode and the day we are airing this uh, episode uh, is when the the that lunar period is over so now what is going to happen tell us what is the sleep mode and how does it come out of that what is it the, to save the batteries i believe is the sleep mode <laughs> no. so what happens actually a sleep mode means it is like sleeping you you mm. are sleeping which mm. means you are actionless you don't know what is happening around you 
so you are sleeping sometimes you can dream that's a different question oh my goodness do you think <laughs> the vikram lander has feelings <laughs> vikram lander is put into the sleeping mode means the power is off mm. they have put off the power so that they can't the vikram lander can't do anything mm. just like that sit tight uh, it's actually sleeping in that sense mm. it doesn't act it doesn't obey come is it uh, absorbing data or no not, nothing, nothing, nothing 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 maybe in the sleep mode most probably they may i i think the way i understood it is not absorbing any data okay it's just put under sleeping mode because the extreme temperature conditions it is going to go through during the next 14 days will be severe so we expect the whole thing to go to fail in you know it's not okay. go, it's not tested for that uh, severity of uh, so when the when in the lunar uh, night is over and when daylight comes in does it like how will it send a signal that it has woken up yeah that's why I mean, we don't yawn and wake up like <laughs> oh okay it's morning how does it happen no we hope it will say at least hello how are you something like that it can keep quiet also meaning it is dead ah we don't know Okay. But the the general belief is that uh, I don't know. The, the, you see, unimaginable things can happen. It may have some little uh, ability to talk. Though they have put them on the sleeping mode, huh. they have tried to protect it from the temperature to the extent mm. possible. Mm. So in that sense, it is not. Uh, that sense only it is sleeping mode. It is not dead yet. Right. Now it will be known whether it is dead or not. later on the 22nd or so this yeah 23rd or 23rd. yeah 22nd night 23rd whatever yeah. uh, it happens yeah but it has done a wonderful job <laughs> really yeah you felt a sense of pride like hundreds and what hundreds billions of indians in india and abroad would you know were watching uh, this thing and feeling such a sense of pride in our scientific community uh, you though you retired 20 years ago it must have felt emotional even then for you right Yeah, when this this person Somnath, I was watching him. I was watching his face. I was watching how he is reacting <laughs> when his, when the critical yeah things was taking place. But uh, to me, it appeared that it is going to be a success, hundred percent success, because I, I knew though I am retired, I knew what is going on. You know, we had some discussions, various various occasions, casual. So whatever had happened in the Chandrayaan two. Mm. Mm. and why it failed and things like that there was those investigation and uh, those reports everything was addressed to in the chandrayaan 3 mm. so now i have no reason why it should fail okay. so so this is why i said i was confident but more than me i was looking at somnath because his face will reflect uh, what really means what untold or told stories may be there and then I found him no reaction on his face. Just Is that how all scientists are? Like I know we were like Shiva, 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 you know. <laughs> But what? A, how are scientists like at that critical phase when uh, do fa does the facial expression betray that nervousness? I wouldn't call it as nervousness. I would call it as excitement in oh, the sense. Okay. Uh, I would like to. I react like an ordinary human being but mm -hmm. being associated with the whole thing uh, you you are right when you said shiva shiva or whatever god you want to pray you will be praying it silently in your mind mm -hmm. that that is one side that will be automatic it is happening but the other side you will be thinking about what is happening mm -hmm. 
But during those time frame when you are talking about, everybody was motionless. If you see that, yeah. uh, then all of a sudden this guy jumps up and then says, "Now we are on the moon." <laughs> yes, correct. So yeah. That was really exciting. So, yeah. what went wrong, in your opinion, with uh, with the uh, Chandrayaan two, which got rectified in Chandrayaan three? See, there are basically two comments. Two comments on that. One is there was an error in the uh, software of the computer program. Hmm. Apparently, contradicting commands. Hmm. Supposing if you say, if you find this, if you meet with these conditions, don't go. Hmm. Now. Another th- another place we say if you meet these conditions go, mm. so these are contradicting contradicting to each other. That was there in that command. So uh, the command the computer took the go command and then go and crashed. Another command is the stability of the whole system itself. Mm. Of course, it will look like uh, common sense, but uh, you know sometimes we see we had a weight problem. We are not free to. increase the weight of the payload which is going there working backwards if you really look i think it comes to something close to 15 kg or so mm. with the 15 kg only you have to play around see the kind of uh, thrusters what we have i'm talking about the bottom thrusters uh, they they need to enhance little more see the the bigas engine for example the second stage Has a thrust of about sixty tons. Hmm. Now, if it if it were hundred tons in that range, unfortunately, we we don't have such a, such a thruster. That's why you go through the forty hmm. uh, days mission in order to gain velocity and then go to the moon. So this uh, restricts you from having the freedom of additional safety margins hmm. for your stability is concerned. So we were forced to live with that condition. So we had uh, instead of two thrusters, we had only one thruster. We could have got through through thrusters, but weight again added weight is there. Then you have uh, three legs, uh, four legs or five legs. See, when you work on a system with such a restriction, though you are not quite happy and sure, uh, you will you will be forced to cut down your. Uh, margins wherever it is margin in the sense of weight margin weight weight margin ah. for example the chandrayaan 2 that's what i said chandrayaan 3 was the success on the failure of chandrayaan 2 hmm. you see what happened is we had a orbiter hmm. that orbiter was still clicking still working so we need not carry another orbiter this time okay now that gave you a weight advantage uh-huh. that weight advantage we used to make this fellow stable okay so it is a kind of vikram inter- was stable because yes, of that because of that it okay. is a kind of intelligent way of uh, di- i mean proportionately making your system stronger and stable yeah. and does it feel good that vikas engine which you worked for continues <laughs> all <laughs> so, these years so, tell us about that also the uh, how you the name came about and what it feels like that you were y- part of the team <laughs> i was not only part of the team i was fully on the team on the team yeah in the sense that uh, See, before we we signed the contract, we mm. were naming that. The only name which came to my mind was Vikram uh, Sarabhai, mm. but I was not sure at that time in ISRO there was no practice of naming something after individuals. So if I say Vikram something, I wanted to put Vikram, but uh, may or may not be approved. 
so I felt that this because B A K V A S because then I had a good alibi by saying because means development, so there is no personality involved. No, yeah, no question asked. I was also waiting for an opportunity to say this is not development. This is Vikram V S R Abhay, yeah. and I got that opportunity when I when I say mentioned this. At that time, there was no. No, no. That opportunity is like this. When they were naming Vikram Sarabhai Space Center, I said, "Look, don't jump. I have already named him yeah. in my <laughs> engine." Correct. Acha, till then they nobody knew, ah, huh, that that's because of that. Knew. Not even your team who worked with you. No, no. I was worried. Nobody knows. Nobody knows at that time in the in the in the picture. Also, if you see that, yeah, it's V, and then you is, just add. Yeah, yeah. Then it's, that's the time he deciphers this. I don't know. I don't think that he deciphers to the team also. He He's doesn't tell. Yeah. No, afterwards, when we were naming it as Vikram Sarabhai Space Center, we were talking about it. Yeah, in that just this this expression in Madhavan's face, uh, you know, I can well imagine it must have been your expression also that <laughs> thinking about it that okay, yeah. let me just add that uh, K and you know it was V A S and he you added the other words and yeah, it yeah. became Vikas. He made it more dramatic. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Actually, when you really look at it, uh, I was speechless in that. You know, the Vikram uh, Vikas engine was supposed to burn only for hundred and forty seconds. Mm. That was a requirement for the PSLV. So, I was not arguing with my team who who were who were was present there. They were thrilled even when it reached that point. Yes, right? everybody is thrilled. Huh. But I had an understanding with the test director. Hmm. So I told him, uh, "Tell now you wait, look at my hand and my signal only. You should stop it." Hmm. He said, "Yes." So it went on 140. Everybody was jumping with joy. 150, 160, 170. They become just speechless. They did not know what to do. Then at 179.5 seconds, because the propellant tank capacity was only that much, and there is no more propellant in, so it stopped. So it started. Oh. So I was happy because now I have demonstrated more than the requirement itself. So even now, Vikas is. Yeah, it is. It is. It, it is not a not a single failure. Yeah. The Chandrayaan three was yeah. the 57th or 58th. Uh, yeah, all the PSLVs, no? All the PSLVs, all the JSLVs. Yeah. So it it goes well. <laughs> so feels it like your baby is still going on. Yes, it is going on. I am huh. happy about it, but I am sad. That uh, some something bigger than that should have come, so mm. that uh, you know we can manage mm. uh, better payloads. Yeah, things like so that. So you worked in the sixties uh, and seventies uh, uh, in uh, in the field of uh, space. Uh, like you said, that you know funds were a major crunch all the time. That even in the film we keep noticing where you know you want money for various things not available. Even now. After all these years, when Chandrayaan goes, he's saying, "Oh, at one tenth, one fifth, one twentieth, the price of say this film, that film, and things like that." Frugality is made to look as it is a, uh, you know, it's something which is so Indian that less, you know, even in less money we can do this. Is that a really something which is a virtue or is it just necessity? I'll tell you the question slightly different, just a slightly different way. We were not having the same kind of funding like what we are getting today. Today, I think I'm not there in this row, but from my discussions, I understand the money is available for the asking. You are getting the money, 
but it was not so earlier days for two reasons. One is the government also thought that they were, you see, SLV3 was continuously failing also. And they named it as sea-loving vehicle, SLV3. Mm. Then ASLV was failing more, so always sea-loving vehicle. That's the kind of names. Mm. So that is one part of it. But parallelly, I was trying at that time, SLV3's time frame, SLV3 was launched in 79, mm. successfully by Kalam. In 74 to 77, mm. we got the entire thing expertise and all from uh, SCP, that is the Society <coughs> European the Propulsion Contract. Supposing we would have got the money, 78, you need another two or three years, 81, we could have got the Vegas uh, engine ready. But we didn't get the money. In fact, very interesting story. Uh, we had the technology, we were, we, I was willing to demonstrate it. There is no way of demonstrating it. Then these people were all telling that you went there, had a good drink and then had a good dance and then roaming around in Paris, etc. I mean, how do I answer? The answer is possible only by showing something. Hmm. So then I thought, okay, I'll make a model. So we made a model of the Vigas engine beautiful height and everything is one-to-one -one scale. But material, material was different. Mm. Mild steel and things like that. That we exhibited in the foyer, in the main building foyer where everybody will pass through. So I wrote a, a board there. My name is Vikas. I burned for 180 seconds. And um, I use UDMH N204. Like that, all kinds of things. My thrust is 60 ton. But finally, I said, however, I am an orphan. <laughs> oh. Just like that. Everybody was going up. Then these people were telling, oh, it is only a model. How can a model work? Then Professor Davan came after hmm. about a month. Uh, he came. Vikram Sarabhai has passed away passed by away. now. Vikram Sarabhai passed away in 1971. 71. This, this is 79. So then Professor Davan came and then he looked and then, ah, nice, ah, okay. Then he left and then came back again. What is it you have written at the end of the table? I am an orphan. Yeah. I said, yes, sir, I am an orphan. He didn't say a word. So he just walked away. I, I thought of making a meaning in his mind which worked. So we went to the room and then after all the people were there, what is it to be done to make this engine to work? I said, money. Hmm. See, these guys do not understand. I, I understand you. Now, so, what is the next step? I said, the next step is to make a working model. How much money you want? I, I gave him, uh, like a child, 65 lakhs. Okay, I'll give you one crore. Huh? One crore. Instead of 65 lakhs, I will give you one crore. With that one crore, you make a working model. I was very happy because I am now making a working model. Now, for making one engine, you have to ask for 23, what do you call, uh, O-rings. And then 28, small, small quantities, nobody will supply. How do you get from France, things like that. Then sometimes, some of my colleagues who went there will come back with a packet of O-rings or bolts, nuts. And the customs fellow should have been really 
wondering what is happening here. Why aren't you bringing gold? <laughs> They'll ask. You're landing in Kerala with these nuts and bolts and not gold. Then we made uh, one engine. Amazing. And now I was trying to understand the last nail. I said, Professor Davan, I want to ask you one thing. You know that we have made a working model. Don't you think we have to test it and then see whether I am telling correctly or whether others are telling correctly? Hmm. He said, "What do we do?" I said, "We have to test it. Where is the test bed? Six test bed would cost hundred crores." Oh. <laughs> then that nobody is yeah. going to sanction. Then I said, "No, I, I didn't ask for that. If I ask for it, I am not going to get it." Hmm. So I said, "We will go and test it in SAP France, hmm. where we will test it and then know the result of it hmm. in no time." Will they agree? Your unproven engine. Will they agree? I said that is my job. Hmm. So I talked to my friends. <laughs> then hmm. I asked them, "Hey, help me. This is the help you are going to give me, etc." They agreed. Bring the engine. We will test it. So we took the engine. Just the first piece, and the first piece also having only half spares. That is, we call it as one and a half engine. They Not did it for free, ah? Huh? No, their charge was one crore. Okay. Out of that, about seventy lakhs goes for the propellant alone. Okay. So you can call it as free. Huh. See, seventy lakhs goes for the propellant, which is consumed by us. Okay. So we went there, we tested, and then very interestingly, every day the test will be postponed because of weather conditions. Oh. The weather and wind were not favorable. They won't do it. I think they were doing it for fourteen days like this. We were all. Under tension, every day it will be called off. Propellant will be loaded morning seven o'clock. It will be called off at three thirty in the evening. So one fine morning, it took place, which was a day which I can never forget. Twelfth December, nineteen eighty-two, and twelfth December happened to be my birthday. So okay, <laughs> it was it was interesting, and we it went through successful. I told you about it. Yeah, yeah. So. Um, who becomes the chairman of isro that is a kind of a determining force of which way the country space research is going to go how much does a personality of a chairman of isro determine that but there are there are opinion difference for example professor sadish davan he is a hardcore straight forward person hmm. and a genius and he is a caltech product california institute of technology i mean he is a well known name now he he is one who understood that the liquid propulsion is a must and it is possible to achieve it he is the one who drew the entire blueprint for isro hmm. now the question is even he could not get the required money which is required for the projects that's why he is finding self pitying himself he said what the hell this is not right hmm. thing but now we will take sarabhai sarabhai was a person who is very positive who is very very positive and uh, who died when he was so young 51 years old no known disease but uh, he got killed but he was so dynamic he can walk into the prime minister's office i believe with not much of uh, appointment kind of a thing he was he was like homi baba hmm. he was a trained by homi baba that kind of a thing No, because you are raw, you take. Uh, he has uh, different qualities. He is a very intelligent chap. But that Janardhan Rao, whom we are talking about, is another genius. Hmm. And um, he, he, according to me, he is a genius in the sense he has a vision. Hmm. 
He had a vision. He was telling international lookout and all kinds of things. He was. When know. was this? That was during 1969 period, 69, mm -hmm. 70, that kind of period. Now he had some misunderstanding with Professor Daman, and he simply put in his papers and then left the country. Mm -hmm. I used to always remember him because he was in a way a mentor to me also because. The, the the positivity i got from him many times but uh, he left hmm. probably he would have been the chairman next chairman if he would have continued but he he is such an maybe that is his negative point or whatever it is but i used to always feel sad about that i used to feel that uh, okay he could have continued something hmm. like that hmm. see i'll tell you again and again we are coming back to the basic question certain things will happen as is already destined the way in which this is the way it will happen you believe in that that I've, fate and uh no no you don't fall <laughs> into place really it is not the i'm fate. not going to say believe in the stars because <laughs> obviously you believe in the stars no i i'm not uh, saying that i am saying everything is decided by god i put not fate in the name of fate and all i am not coming in the picture see the god is the force which is helping you to go through your life day every day it is very difficult unless you experience it you will not be able to believe it for example i have experienced a very tough time hmm. which nobody can many people used to ask me how you came out of this how you escaped i said i have not done a crime to escape i am not here to talk about it but generally i believe the god is hmm. see god fearing people generally are good people <laughs> they they are they they have already a fear If some supposing if I do something bad, then I will be punished, hmm. punished or whatever way it is. Hmm. So that way, I, I look at it. Okay, that. you know, you were talking about uh, funding, and even in the film, we keep watching uh, how you know you have to get approvals and more approvals, and it just reminded me, sir. One, just to digress from it a little bit. Once I remember uh, interviewing a, a scientist, doctor, whatever, and uh, she was working in those days on this whole uh, test tube baby. thing and she was saying she used to work in a government hospital and just in in research and she says for one test tube you have to sign three forms you know and then you have to explain why you need to use a round bottom flask where you need to use test tube you have to give explanations so she says when i moved to the private sector which was just opening up in the 80s in research and she said they didn't even ask me they said how many dozen do you want they didn't ask me one or two i was asked how many dozens i need so uh, when you have when you don't have the stress of funding it must open up avenues which otherwise would not be there right oh, no actually formalities are there formalities are not there that is a kind of situation we basically were not getting the required funding hmm. i'll tell you a simple example 1979 we were practically ready for going into the vikas project hmm. but by the time we realized the or the first test flight was 1993 oh my goodness how many years so this 19 years how come it is there uh, can you explain it it is nothing but a shortage of funds only see even this one i went through the uh, model with our one materials then i went through for uh, the full uh, working model then testing abroad see small small funding so it was a struggle all through now once that test proved that this is in is available then okay now, now we will do something so we, 
you know, people go on with a fighting mood and then say this is what is required. Hmm. So you get that funding. But is it is it uh, uh, disbelief or not wanting to believe that uh, you know that we in the space market uh, we could have achieved more? What what was the reason that the political establishment was not willing to put in the funds? Well, there could be many reasons, but at least I will rule out one reason. That is, my chairman did not know how to fight for it. I would say that he he knew very much how to fight for it and how to ask for it. But that was not listened to. Mm. The priorities were different. Now, it is very interesting. Whether to have it or not, in my opinion, should be decided by the chairman of the organization. But unfortunately, here the political bosses are sitting there above him who decides this is required or this is not required. Their priorities are different. They can say so many reasons. Hmm. They can say that you failed in this, you failed in that. That is a different question. But for that matter, you, you even the PSLV's approval hmm. was very difficult. It was not easy. So the suppose supposing if we would have been working on defense-oriented projects, hmm. probably some some priorities we would have got it. Hmm. But we were always working on peaceful missions and. Uh, uh, that kind of a thing. Mm -hmm. So my only belief is it is a mixture of uh, many things. Primarily, I think the uh, political bosses did not understand the potential of it and they did not give the priority for this. And do you think geopolitical reasons also played a vast role? It's there in the film also and then those of us who have been reading newspapers of that era, that was also there that maybe the political establishment could not withstand the international pressure that was coming on them to kill ISRO projects. I don't know. I don't know. Maybe. All, all I can say is, I mean, this. see, I, I told you anything is possible because I believe what you say. Hmm. My, I go and ask for money and then somebody says, no, 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 you have this problem, I have this priority. I, I don't suspect him. Hmm. So, see, even in the, uh, even in the, suburb, uh, what do you call the so-called spy case, when the sabotage took place, uh, it was not easy for me to decipher the sabotage. Inch by inch, I have to do the investigation. Nobody else did the investigation. Right. So, that is how you... So, let's talk about that, sir. The, all the trials and tribulations uh, that happened. Uh, being accused of being a traitor and suddenly being picked up. Uh, these Maldivian women come from nowhere and they say that uh, Nami Narayan is, uh, sir, is selling secrets uh, to Pakistan. At that moment, what happened and... How did you cope with that? Well, I was not agitated. I was really, really bursting out with, uh, uh, not excitement, with anger. What, what the hell is happening? Who is telling what? That kind of a thing. So I went there with, uh, but the slowly and steadily I understood that there is a sabotage. But I don't know who, how. This I couldn't un understand it easily. Because I am not able to connect it to the hmm. sabotage. Who could be interested in this? I never thought foreign countries will be interested. I was just thinking somebody is out of jealousy or out of various things or just joining hands. Because this happened immediately after the successful flight of PSLV-3. Hmm. That is the first flight with hmm. the liquid rocket. So somebody must be jealous about me or something like that. Within ISRO. In ISRO. Hmm. Because in ISRO, there could be, there are different things which we will discuss it probably later. But as far as I am concerned, but I never thought that there is a foreign hand involved in this. Hmm. 
I, after the entire thing was over, uh, after I I won the case, I started bothering me. Why? How? Who? Hmm. <coughs> but then I I picked up uh, some information saying that the present uh, president uh, of USA at that time he was the uh, senators committee chairman. Now he has asked for the ISRO uh, Russian contract should be uh, broken or should be made null and void. What could be his interest? Why? Then he said it is missile. I think cryogenic missiles never exist in the world. Hmm. Not even even today there is no cryogenic missile available. Hmm. That made my entire thing uh, that this could be the thing. But then subsequently, what happened? There is a newspaper. I started looking at information, additional information, which also says that they paid additional money to Russia. Of course, Russians showed me their uh, everything, and then they said that we have to break the contract. And that is a story which goes. That that let it, let it go. But then additional money was paid for the mir station. Hmm. Now, if they need hundred million dollars, four hundred million dollars is paid. Hmm. So that means they have initiated this kind of a thing. That's a, that. But cryogenic contract when it is broken, then it immediately comes to my mind the marketability, our ability to go through. Uh, this is uh, let let's rewind a little bit. This is the cryogenic engines that India was buying from Russia. Yeah. Right. So that deal is what picked up the the, uh, the American uh, antenna went up in that. Right. And they wanted to stop that. Yes. In the film, there is this whole thing that like James Bond, you're running with uh, that uh, over ice and trying to bring and you could only bring a part of it. Some of it was still there. But from that moment, uh, the American scientific uh, community or the American establishment did not want this to go through. Yeah, they didn't want this to go through because, see, I'll tell you, that news was broken to me by the Russians saying that America is not interested in ourselves running this contract. So they want us to break it and they don't want technology to be transferred. Hmm. I said, uh, that was ringing some bell in my mind because prior to ourselves awarding the contract to the Russians, Americans were also a competitor hmm. and the French was also a competitor. They were also quoting prices. Only thing is their prices were too high. Hmm. And Russian price was so low. Hmm. So we chose them. But when the Americans were trying to stop this, I was just thinking what could be their interest. Hmm. You know, easily you can connect things together. Hmm. So in that, in that sense, they were interested in... Then I said, okay, if they are interested in yourself not giving the technology, don't give the technology. Convert the technology into number of hardwares. We will get the hardwares from you. But at that time itself, I started working in my mind what we should do next step. Hardware from uh, uh, Russia. From uh, See, Russia Cosmos. was supposed to give us huh. technology and hardwares. Huh, huh, huh. Now, when they say we will not give the technology, it is a loss to us. Yeah. So they will compensate it by enhancing the number of hardwares. Hmm. America was not against giving the hardwares. America was no transfer of no, technology. No transfer of technology. This is post Pokhran. That's why there were the sanctions on us. There could be their policy. Post See, I will okay. tell you frankly. Supposing we were in that situation, and we come across some other nation which is nearer to us, mm. is trying to do something in this area, we would like to stop it for for our own interests, our own benefits. So I wouldn't find fault with the Americans for that matter because it is their. 
geopolitical reasons, reasons we were closer to the soviet bloc at that stage yes, i yes. guess that is one thing second thing is see they have to it is like this in my opinion no nation is interested in the welfare of another nation <laughs> yes it is all just part of the ha, ha. whole whole game correct so they are doing their job in the interest of their nation so sir at this time it is ronald reagan who is the president and in india it is narsimha rao when all this is happening yes narsimha rao right hmm. when when this whole thing 94 that we are talking yeah, about yeah, yeah. right and now you get arrested if i was to come back to that you get arrested and you are subjected to torture what did they want you to say that yes i have transferred it to pakistan no they wanted me to say many things i have transferred this to pakistan i have transferred this to north korea i have transferred this to that route this route and all but that aim is not that aim is very interesting aim is they want to remove you from the scene you should be removed if this is arrested you are removed from the scene and they know that what will happen in, because they their the exercise is very interesting now the question is whatever is their aim they can't execute it themselves it is somebody else who executed for them who that some ah uh, exactly this is the question who it has to be an indian huh it, it has to be an indian yeah. so whomever has done the arrest they must be the part of it hmm. they must play a role in that so we we really don't know now the case is pending now they have identified about 18 people who are possibly have played a role in this and that case is on it will it will continue since 94 yeah 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 it has gone up to the supreme court but tell me it would have if you were to be removed from the project it would have been easy just tell the whoever wanted to take you off it uh, there must have been some political reason or some some scientist involved or whatever uh, all you needed was to shift you out of that project or how 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 do you say that put any charge on you of corruption but traitor and selling no, no, to no, no, corruption is not possible but i was not corrupt you were not even a traitor that no way. no 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 they have to put a charge in such a manner it will only keep dragging ah keep dragging see these are all uh, suspected they, they they didn't say it is proven hmm. it is suspected corruption also they can you, you are right corruption also they can bring in but there must be some evidence whatsoever to connect it for you to get arrested hmm so they i am sure that they must have done this exercise themselves okay so uh, we were talking about uh, what they wanted you to say at that stage uh, and then your long legal battle that you had to face uh, and your family uh, you know the the troubles that they went through uh, the social ostracization at that stage uh, your wife also uh, you know was shocked uh, how did you cope with all this what gave you the strength to continue the fight see one thing is that your conviction that you are not a traitor that is the most important part of it hmm. and i have done nothing wrong in in the entire process so that is important that's a basement on that basis only we are talking about it then i am a fellow who believes in god so i i believed in god and then i got some inclination or directions that in this entire all the doors are closed Mm. and my wife is also another orthodox person she goes to the temple regularly at that time she was not at all uh, she was upset but she was 100% sure not only my wife my children they were all 100% sure we will come out successfully mm. but at that time there was no light 
there was absolutely no light so we started working on it and uh, one by one we 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 found out that uh, but the real problem namely who is behind it hmm. etc we found out much later we know that somebody is behind it we don't know who is that somebody hmm. so that i used to discuss it with my children with my to so, say investigation is something that you had to do i have to do because there was see i was fighting the government of kerala i was fighting the government of india so both the forces were not in favor of me and then i was fighting the media the media wrote something nonsense they can't they have to eat it back what else in the only people kerala who, media yeah accepting national media was not all but some of them are in the mm. in that process slowly one media person helped me that is local media he's a he's a great great guy who who knew this uh, he doesn't knew know me hmm. but by sitting outside he knew that this is some kind of a drama hmm. so he came to me then i chased him out i told hmm. him no i don't want to talk to you hmm. you get lost then he said look i am here to help you i said i don't need anybody's help get lost then he said listen after listening you can decide anything you want hmm. then he told me this is my belief this is what i'm trying to do so he was running a program called kannadi mirror 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 will not tell a lie that's the meaning so he said that in that program and it is a highly regarded program i'm going to uh, and he, he, like what we we were discussing he i i he wanted to know whether he want to discuss anything with me i said no whatever you want to shoot you shoot i am willing to speak live in fact i even asked him can you go live Hmm. and he was telling me i have no facility to go live but i will certainly without editing i will put it there so that was the first interview where i spoke and the people who, even now you can see that interview hmm. they are they started believing that there is a truth in what i said hmm. because they are seeing so many people are seeing the interview straight away hmm. that was a turning point then he ran not one but two three this time i next time i started working with him i gave him some uh, clues and ideas and then then it is like a pack of cards it started falling down one by one by the time cba came with the conclusion that it is a false case then the sessions court gave a decision that it is a false case then the supreme court came with a decision it is a false case my argument was if it is a false case it is a kalla case in our language if it is thief. a thief so who is that fellow you find out so in fact if you really look at it in 1994 this started 96 itself it was proved by cba as a false case 98 supreme court came with a seal that it is a false case my case is over i should have retired from that part of it then that time itself but from 98 till 2018 20 years i was fighting to bring those people to books mm. whomever uh, is responsible for this they should not be allowed to go so you said i fought the kerala government and i was fighting the center also now the governments kept changing like it was the congress government then there were coalition government then there was atal bihari vajpayee's government then again congress government but whichever government came you were not you were not getting help from the government at any stage as far as the kerala government goes um, the government was there both the congress government as well as the communist Communists. government they both were playing the same game hmm. at some point the communist government understood that they are they they have made a mistake 
so they openly came and then they supported me so why didn't isro support you at that stage why did they take so much time see as i told you the isro has a very funny situation it is not that they are against me hmm. see they were under shock what is happening it it, it did support me very heavily by professor davan who was a chairman professor u r rao and uh, rodam narasimha and t n session who was a chief election hmm. commissioner so all these six people wrote a open letter hmm. in fact they very clearly wrote hmm. that this is uh, not only a false case nambi narayanan is innocent they made, made that mention so they came but it was late why they didn't come your question should be why they didn't come, come on time and instinctively they should have come right they should have come i mean i like i said that i can imagine if any scientist is said that he delayed the project purposely or he took extra trips to america or france or russia whatever or he fudged his bills or something like that i can understand but traitor is like the ultimate accusation to sell secrets and are is the scientific community um susceptible we have seen you know uh, that these honey traps which are done sudden deaths which happen which nobody understands is the scientific community like are your guards down you don't see that uh, there is somebody who might try to get you no actually it is like this i am a workaholic i just want to complete my job in time i am struggling to see the liquid system gets its funding the funding is not coming through so i have a small team with that small team uh i have a style of working the style is a very simple if you are a worker if you good worker if you work with me with my time frames that is i come i supposing if i don't go mm. home for two days at least you should also stay with me for two days if that style is okay with you let us work together if it is not okay i don't go and hit them i say find another group where you are not supposed to stay back like this for example mm. so in the process what i what i do is i change those people whomever is not satisfactory to myself so in the process what happened is the matter, the matter doesn't end there and i also considered this my duty to work to safeguard those people who are working with me so and because they are good workers they are genuine workers so whenever their promotion comes they get their promotion because they are good workers that is number 1 if at all if a good worker doesn't get it for some reason i go and fight for them hmm. and in the process they also get promoted so there became a talk of the town the other man who is useless that is why i threw him out he goes out and then he starts complaining he was just wondering and he is not getting the promotion hmm. now he will say oh only nambi's men are going to get promotion now who are nambi's men either nambi's community or nambi's uh, color or nambi's uh, caste or religion or region whatever it is that kind of a thing spreads at least those people whether you like it or not they are becoming my my people who societies fissures come up yes, all these cracks it, which are there in our society particularly in in this area of working yeah and that that comes so you can't help it so sir did you at did you feel um bitter at some point that you know like you said the media was and the governments so did you feel one minute media puts you on the ground next minute they are giving you padma bhushan one minute uh, you know uh, the reporters are writing that you are a traitor next moment they are writing that oh the film made on nambi has got a national award so so tell me nambi sir that did you feel that you are just no faith at all in humanity 
No, it is not true. Actually, the media, at least for the media part of it, they are not specialists on rocketry. Hmm. They don't even know that this is secret or not secret. Now, they are having some methods by which they go and write. What method? Supposing if you are the person who is briefing them, hmm. and I, I trust you fully, then I go by what you say. Hmm. Here what happened is they believed a person who was trustworthy according to them. Hmm. So he, they went by there. But by the time they realized that it is wrong, there was a hesitation, there was a sh some kind of shame and things like that. They came back. Hmm. It is not they did overnight. They were, uh, they wrote all this nonsense, stopped, no nothing was coming out of the press. Because they, that is the time, <laughs> it's a cold period. Then they started slowly writing one by one. Then afterwards, all my interviews, everything came. So, hmm. I don't think that the media has done anything wrong. Hmm. Me media got carried away by... The plot. Plot. And that plot was done nicely. Hmm. There were several people involved in this, uh, like international conspiracy. Whom do you, who do you think that started it and who do you think executed it? It is actually very interesting. If you go into that... It is like this. One man had a grudge against me, let us say. So he was looking for an opportunity to use it against me. Hmm. Now he got it. Hmm. So he is, he is in a position where he can play havoc. Hmm. So th in fact, that is what he did. I don't want to name him for the re obvious reasons. Okay. But on the other hand, there was one fellow who was a good fellow. Hmm. Who got carried away by his boss. Who was telling that I have information that this has happened. Hmm. So he trusted him. Like that, you know, there was a media, one media fellow was upset over the actions of one of the police officers, not exactly this police officer. And then he got an opportunity to throw mud on him, so he did that, which made the situation worse. Mm. That police officer was going through the mill again. Mm. So it is like this. Each one, for a personal reason, they tried to do something which all accumulated in one direction, namely Nambesis by. Hmm. You can't put one man, but really, if you analyze it, it all started from one man. Okay. Now that one man was probably the link between the foreign agencies and this. So they were trying to. Did you meet that? I know you don't want to name. Did you meet that person ever? I met him, but I never suspected him at that time. But afterwards, I wanted to meet him, but he is not willing to meet me. He's still alive. I don't want to answer that question okay. easily. All right. Yeah. I understand that. Uh, um, I I also want to ask you that uh, when you were done with all this, how did the family react when uh, when it was all over? They always trusted you. But was there a sense of relief or was there this sense that it's come too late? Yeah, they, they say there was a mixed reaction. My son became a pessimist all through. He was an optimistic fellow. Hmm. He became a pessimist all through, even today. Mm. He, whatever says, doesn't excite him. Mm -hmm. Even the Patma Bhushan didn't excite him. He said, okay, the way they will give you this, tomorrow they will throw mud on you. That is a kind of uh, lacuna he went through. But my wife uh, started going to the temples more than what she used to go. But she was speechless and she was becoming a patient kind of a thing. That is, uh, that is what shocked us all. The psychological Psychological. Impact. She was not at all talking. Mum. And from her recovery, it was a miracle. Hmm. Then he recovered. Today, I think she's normal. She goes to the 
but it is a mixed feeling among all my but everybody supported me my my family members supported me because they know me hmm. i mean if they don't support me i would have because legal battles are very expensive it was expensive and yeah. uh, it very not not an easy joke but my determination was very clear i am determined to expose these people hmm. see the, the police people have a feeling they can do anything and get away with that worst case scenario some suspensions will be there so what hmm. but here it is not so in the movie uh, sharukh khan the journalist asks you in that he's playing the role he asks you that you've got the compensation or something like that and is the is the fight over and uh, and you say that i'm not doing it just for me uh, there are others if like me you know so it's it's important that to fight the battle for innocence so that you know right people are not wronged that was important for you sure particularly when i was in the jail uh, i i became friends of my jail mates so each one has a story and i was trying to understand them mm. 42% of the people who were convicted mm. are innocent like me you don't you think it's a very high number 42% of the convicted people were innocent like me goodness it 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 is so i said something should be done for this hmm. so uh, so it wasn't just the compensation it was the fight to prove that your name is clear exactly i i did that and i was happy because of that only hmm. it is not just uh, see why even now if you really watch the legal journals my case is being quoted left and right in many cases hmm wherever the police uh, brutality and things like that come hmm. this case will be quoted so in the uh, 70s uh, america had imposed all kind of restrictions on us they were coming out of the uh, cold war situation soviet union was disintegrating then it it became 80s by the time the soviet union disintegrated but we had pokhran 1 we had pokhran 2 uh, and technology transfer was a was a big issue and now after we if you cut to 2023 the artemis accord we are going to be exploring space along with america is there how you have seen the transition you have lived through that entire era so what do you feel about this well i strongly believe that um, the so called interplanetary travel or outer space it's not going to be for one country it is not going to be for the americans or for the europeans or i think it's for mankind yeah one day or other you are going to explore yourself in mm. the sense the way which you go mm. you will do that but that means today you are seeing the nasa for the americans and then the esa that is nasa and then esa european. european space agencies for the europeans i believe that we should have a esa asian space agency mm. and we took we should take the lead on that the countries like uh, you can think of uh, small countries like vietnam south korea maldives mauritius uh, all the gulf countries for that matter and then japan every country will become part of the asian space agency maybe china may or may not join us i don't think that we have to bother about it but that way you esa nasa and esa all the three put together hmm. if they do certain things they can afford see even today you depend upon many people for your own missions let it be chandrayaan let it be mangalyaan or let it be various other missions you have to have a tracking station you have to have a 
communication network, all kinds of things. Mm. For example, ESA had done very wonderful job for your missions. It is not their contribution, but it is their mm. uh, understanding. We have an understanding with them. So, according to me, if this is what is going to happen, we stand to gain very much on that mm. as a country. See, today, for example, even you take Elon Musk. Elon Musk is doing something. You, you really understand him. He is not a rocket man. Mm -hmm. He is actually a battery-operated uh, Tesla car, car manufacturer. Now, his aim seems to be to reach space, outer space, with minimal cost. Now, the minimal cost, if you underline that, he cannot achieve it without us. We are going to be the minimal cost people. Minimal cost without sacrificing the quality. Without sacrificing the repeatability, consistency, everything. That's what we have proven here. Hmm. So, time is not far off for him to come down to uh, your land asking for collaborations. You, of course, you can't just keep quiet. You have to hmm. uh, work towards that goal. Hmm. If you do that, then I feel the nation stands to gain. Industries will grow, money, your economy will become better and finally the mankind will win over uh, for the international uh, effort for the outer space uh, operations. Very interesting. One, the Elon Musk and two, the, uh, the Asia uh, part that you talk about because uh, I interviewed the external affairs minister and he said that when Chandrayaan 3 happened, uh, BRICS summit was on and the Indonesian head of state told uh, Prime Minister Modi something to the effect that it felt like an achievement, their own, their achievement too. You know, that's that whether you call ourselves Global South, you call ourselves non-aligned, you call ourselves developing, developing nations, but there is a sense of kinship that Asian countries have towards each other. So your recommendation will uh, certainly be, you know, your, your futuristic way of thinking that we should also have our, uh, you know, a space research or a center for Asia. That sounds really, really ambitious and interesting. Yeah, actually, the starting point already has done. I mean, it has taken place. Now we have privatized the hmm. whole thing. This we were talking about for years back when the Vikas engine fabrication itself, when it came, I was trying to promote some mm. two, three industries yeah. so that they make that as a package, mm. not just bolts, nuts and uh, impellers alone. Now, anyway, time has passed, but now they have privatized. Now, the privatized parties should understand what to do, how to do. That is more important. Mm. See, they have to have a global understanding. Like, uh, I don't know how to explain it in a short Time, it is difficult, but but also what you were saying that if Elon Musk has to do something in a in an inexpensive format, he has to come. So he has to come to India or Asia because you can develop systems and technologies which are cost efficient. Is is that what? Yeah, but then he if he comes here, you should have the man ready to do that, huh. and you should have planned your startups in such a manner. Yeah. See today, for example, if somebody wants to make PSLVs. So what? You keep making PSLVs and see, I, I don't approve it of at all. I am saying you There are some 80 countries making satellites I think now. Yeah, right? now I, I feel that you should make your own designs which are not existing or even for the demand of other people and then make the like See, you must qualify yourself as an aerospace industry hmm. which is willing to undertake contractual obligations and then deliver it. 
so do you feel that our startup uh, ecosystem is not yet uh, ready or is not dynamic enough as yet to provide to the rest of the world i don't know but i have not got into first hand information okay. but the way in which it looks like hmm. i at, at least i don't i don't know maybe i think i should be cautious hmm. they are, they have to go international it is not they should launch for isro alone hmm. see today you have come out of the bonds hmm. so you are having an opportunity to prove yourself and to make money out of it yeah when you make money the country makes money out of it hmm. that's the whole thing so i had the drdo chief here uh, on the podcast some time back and i asked him also about uh, debris left behind uh, in space you know we we have so many satellites every country is putting out satellites into space we have now the chandrayaan sitting in the moon we don't have the technology to bring back these they just lie there what is going to happen is there like uh, there are thousands of satellites now space traffic management it's becoming a it's becoming something which is very big isn't it it is but you have uh, a, a wing of the united nations hmm. which has peaceful use of outer space hmm. that's a division it was originally headed by hs murthy who was the director of uh, vikram sarabhai hmm. i mean he was the director of tumbai equatorial rocket launching station i am sure somebody must be managing it but the point is that you, you are not correct in saying that they, 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 you don't have the technology to pick it up you have the technology to pick it up only okay. thing is you have to go there and then physically like a, like an international space station if you can go there and then do all kinds of maneuvers you can go and pick it up but the question is how expensive is that Okay. it may not be worth the effort you spend to remove it excepting for the removal of the debris till it becomes a, a disaster yeah, zone yeah, yeah 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 till then i think you just let it be like what we are doing with the oceans leave the plastic there till it becomes a hindrance and then yeah, you decide yeah but fortunately you have a large uh, yeah, space is available that is one thing but you know most interestingly supposing if there is a system by which hmm. whatever is recovered by you you can remake the satellite out of it then it will become uh, interesting to them do you believe that there is life in other planets i believe there is some kind of a life existing in some planet we don't know where hmm. because why it is something like this you know you are in this universe you are in the earth how do you know how you make big bang theory all kinds of things you come back? similar thing how do you know that it can't exist elsewhere hmm. that is a, that's the reason for me to believe that there could be life do yes. you interact with this and all through your life you've interacted with the scientific community in different parts of the world do they also think that you know it is possible life form exists elsewhere i think so i not only not only that I, my interaction reveals let me ask you back a question if this is not so you mean to say that you were explore not only you nasa or other people exploring it for what hmm. just to go there and live Hmm. no i am sure they will meet their counterparts not not in your format hmm. it could be in some format it will be there so nasa studies uh, ufos and we keep reading in newspapers that sighting in america of course they sighted elsewhere also but how come the ufos uh, are sighted more in america than anywhere else no i think that's a myth hmm. uh, but they are studying you see uh, forget about somebody has met with an ufo or somebody has seen an ufo but what is wrong in somebody assuming like what you said that mm. there is uh, life elsewhere mm. we are doing research on it mm. so they have a division which is working on it mm. and uh, some day they will find out uh, whether there is uh, life in it but they are trying to understand in some special way 
some some message they send it and then get it back and then decipher it and things like that so disbelieving is not part of a scientific temper curiosity is is that am i right in saying that yeah 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 i think so so it's not that you will just dismiss it that oh it's imagination oh it's myth no why don't you ask the question differently that do you believe in god do you i believe in god now why why i should believe in god because that is what i am See the point is you have, you have not seen God so how do you say it is the same answer what you have put in that sentence so it is uh, you may not have seen but doesn't mean that it doesn't exist this is what many people find difficult to believe that uh, somebody with a scientific temper can also be religious in nature uh, the reason i'm saying this is there's so so much of social media trolling when the chandrayaan scientist went to the temple before the uh, mission went into force the thing that uh, why would scientists believe in uh, you know in religion and in tradition in um, in these kind of things rather than scientific temper do they go together are you trying to tell me that just because i am a scientist i should not believe in god hmm. so my point is i am as individual i have my own reasons to believe or not to believe something hmm. so that freedom you give me i am asking for that that is number one now just because i am a scientist that freedom should not be denied to me you are having every right to say god is not there that is your belief Similarly, I have a right to say that God is there. That is mm. my my belief. But the question is, it is not one is going to prove another is right or wrong. Time will prove. Mm. But I believe strongly because psychologically, you look at it. Supposing if somebody goes to the temple before Chandra and lifts off, you, tell me what is that you find it wrong there? Mm. It is just because he, he he according to you he is an idiot. He goes there and he is. he he is one hand going and doing an idiotic thing another hand he is doing some high tech area is that what you are trying to say that is what was the interpretation by many people who said that there is something which is unproven which is what you get from religion you are only saying unproven itself means that it is yet to be proved correct so why not <laughs> you wait you are you are not uh, going to argue on that point yeah. i'll tell you very it's simple. not my belief but i'm no, just no i'm saying generally i'm huh. saying See, it is like this. You, uh, you are. Um, let me put it the other way, psychologically. Supposing you are somebody who doesn't believe in God and you are not afraid of anything. Hmm. This country will contain this. This. This world will contain a lot of criminals hmm. because you you won't be afraid of anything. So in, you know that period you said your wife uh, refused to go to the temple at some point of time because her faith was shaken, and then she started going again. what were you doing when you were in jail when you were tortured because there's one scene in the film where uh, where this extreme brutality where they were hitting you with rods uh, they threw tea on your face hot tea uh, your hand is trampled upon uh, that was that was cruelty for which you were not guilty of at all and you're a scientist for heaven's sake and that kind of cruelty you face did you turn to faith did that help you did you turn to god i became more faithful i was trying to understand uh, this is a philosophical question what is the mistake i have done so as to go through this kind of a torture mm. not this torture which they are saying about mm. not this kind of a crime they are talking about somewhere i have done something either in this uh, janma or in the previous janma or whatever it is i've gone through this i i i want to know what but i am not able to find out i can't find out 
I have no complaints about it. Hmm. But only thing I I have taken it. Have I not come out of it? So this is some lesson to me. Something is told to me that for this reason we have done this. Now this is a. I'll ask you another question, which is a very simple question. Becoming popular is not something very big. Correct. But today, uh, my name is there in many, many, many areas. I'm including this interview. Why should you call me for the interview? So the point I'm making is, this is one way of what I have lost is being compensated. Hmm. See, I don't look at it negatively at all. I always look at things positively. Hmm. It is very, it's a good quality according to me because unless you look at positively, things will not happen. Well, nothing will happen. You will keep on complaining. That man is bad. This man is bad. Mm-hmm. Uh, all kinds of things. Just towards the end, I just want to ask you: With this young boy in Nagarkoil, you decide to become an engineer. Many young children in small towns or whatever would think, "Okay, do engineering." In those days, do engineering or do medicine, take up a job, you know, become a doctor or engineer or whatever. But you decided to go into science in a time where not many avenues were open so for our younger viewers can you tell me what is it that they that spark that tells them okay let's go into science let's go into pure sciences stems uh, we need to take up a stem course i need to get into research how do they what is it that they they will realize that this is what we need to do no, or this I, is our calling in life yeah actually i didn't go into pure science in that way ha huh. what i felt at that time we were talking about the world war in the world war the hitler was making a so called v2 rocket and i i whatever literature available i was just going through that of course as a, in any flying object you will always have a fascination you just look at it mm. up. and whenever you, i hear some flight i used to look at the upwards and then see how it is so this second world war afterwards the russia and america these both countries were and then americans were uh, uh, in fact i used to it was not my phrase but it is somebody else's phrase but i also felt whose germans were better germans is it the american germans or the russian germans that kind of a situation so somehow i had a fascination for uh, this rocketry so in that in mind i started learning about v2 and then in the process i learned quite a bit about hitler himself how mm. he went through so that way i began. then it became a, not only a fascination it became a determination but i don't i have as you rightly said i also wanted to have a job and then make money because my father passed away when i joined the engineering college within 6 months he passed away so i have a job i have a duty so i accepted a sugar factory job just as it comes through but my mind of my always thinking oh should i and incidentally i applied for princeton and caltech in both i got admission which makes me to think that i am great or i am good i am i am worth an admission in this in i believe any anywhere um, you talk about caltech mit uh, yale yeah. stanford all kinds of things but i can't go It's for two reasons one is financially when that in that time when i got admission i was financially better off but my mother was a, a sick patient her one of her heart valve was not working so doctors have told that her days at that time you don't have many treatments available so i felt that it is my duty to be with my mother hmm. no matter what it is so i just forgot about uh, 
Princeton and Caltech. I was by my, my other side all through. Hmm. Till she passed away after two years or three years. So my point is, then I got an opportunity to come into ISRO. Then I thought, okay, this is where I call God is guiding me to this. And you won't believe, it will be very interesting if you really want to know. Uh, I fought with my chief engineer in the sugar factory, the job which I never liked. But used that as an excuse and threw the job out and then came to my place to take care of my mother. And there was a paper like this lying on the floor of my sister's house, which is a part uh, torn off paper wherein an advertisement from Thumba Equatorial Rocket Launching Station was there. That portion was not torn off. And the last date was over. That is the day, the 18th of uh, that month. It was over, 18th of June. It's over. I said, all right. So tomorrow, 19th, I went there. I asked, uh, can I apply? And the administration said, no, no, it was all over yesterday. There is no, nothing you can do. And I said, can I see the director? He showed me the bishop house. I went to the director's office. I asked him, I said, he looked at me. I told him that I worked in a sugar factory. I won't be able to give you a contact certificate or an experience certificate because I fought with them. Now, second thing is I saw this advertisement and I asked the administration officer, he is not telling me that I can apply. But my point is that 18th is the last date, means 18th somebody has posted somewhere in Madras or uh, Trichy. You are opening your, the uh, letter. Only tomorrow. So why don't you take it like that and then permit me to apply for it. He smiled and then said, all right, you apply. That is, this I don't think is an ordinary decision. Hmm. This comes to me as a guide, guideline. Now, I have the freedom to think like that. Yeah. Now, you have the freedom to say that it is unproven. Hmm. Okay. <laughs> Tell me one more thing that I wanted to ask you is that, you know, when Chandrayaan happened, the political squabble that broke out where uh, the Congress said that it's, it's all because of uh, Jawaharlal Nehru and his contribution and setting up uh, the uh, ISRO and then Mrs. Gandhi and then the BJP said that, no, they stifled, they didn't give funds. So, when these the political bickering happens, how does the scientific com community see it? Well, everywhere it will be like that. But for that matter, anything and everything in India is started by Nehru. That's the way you can put it. There is no nothing wrong in that. But on this, if you really study, ISRO's predecessor is INCASPER, hmm. Indian Committee for Space Research. INCASPER comes part of TAFR. Now, TAFR was established in Indian Institute of Science, Bangalore. This is happening in 1945. That is before we became independent. Hmm. So how Nehru could have played a role on that. But I am not against Nehru. Nehru was hmm. the person who has done so many things. But attributing everything to him hmm. seems to be... But hmm. certainly he would have played a role in some... But Homi Baba played a role. I fully endorse that view because it is Homi Baba who found out the need for TAFR. And it is he who established the TAFR and uh, etc. So I believe that this is just because political game, they can they can play the game. And, <laughs> is the scientific temper uh, very vibrant in India? I don't know. I See, now the Chandrayaan has done something good. Hmm. See, Chandrayaan has brought in the unity among the entire country. I am very interesting. The media played it positively and then uh, the, the whole thing went through successfully. The young children became vibrant. They were just excited about it.
This is something good. Hmm. We were differing in religions, regions, languages, culture, but we are all united at least in Chandrayaan. So that way, I say hats off to Isro because of that. Isn't it wonderful, sir? That otherwise, uh, you know, at least for my generation, the heroes were cricketing icons or film stars or something like that. And to see that scientists have also, you know, come. Otherwise, you you had most people knew about uh, Vikram Sarabhai, Homi Baba, and uh, APJ Abdul Kalam. Beyond that, nobody really knew. Now, you know, random people, even those who are not interested in science, would know about. Scientists, isn't that uh, something? I mean, I'm glad to live in times when this has happened. Yeah, it is good. I think it is good. It has to take place. In fact, I don't know this question. I used to ask my youngsters, whomever I meet with, how many, how many people? Even you said Sarabhai, in an educated circle only, who is Sarabhai is known. But if you go to nowadays, I don't know whether these are in the school books and all. Hmm. We are not uh, writing our uh, curriculum in the schools. We are not writing the names of scientists who have yeah. uh, done something remarkable, etc. Yeah. I think time will it will change. Our history should be rewritten. <laughs> right? Would you say you've led a life which is you've gone through the entire experience of life, the highs, the lows, the disbeliefs, the thrills, and at what point of time did you feel that? Yes, vindicated. Was it that Rashtrapati Bhavan getting the Padmushan? Well, no. Actually, I felt that I got vindicated uh, in the Supreme Court when um, second time hmm. when I had an opportunity to argue my own case. I think it was a spellbound silence where I I made my point, and all the three leading judges were able to listen to me, and then they wrote the judgment as per my argument. At that time itself, I felt that um, uh, I am uh, sort of, I have lived through my entire, because that was the moment I was working for, because they, they understood me. So I, I said to myself that hope is still there for this country to survive. <laughs> what do you want out of life now, sir? Well, now I am taking it easy. My, my daughter, she is a Montessorian. She mm. very strongly believes in the Montessori system of education. So she asked me, she has never asked me anything. Uh, actually, even at the young age itself, this calamity took place. So in my son and my daughter never asked, my wife also, they never asked me anything. So this daughter asked me that, please help me to establish a school. And I said, yes. Which I have done it dutifully now for the past one year. My, the school was inaugurated on the uh, 6th of uh, September. And uh, hope that it will. And it is a, uh, what do you call, uh, authentic Montessori. I learned through mm -hmm. the mill to find out what is the authentic Montessori about mm -hmm. that lady who wrote. And I found there are so many different Montessoris, but this is an authentic Montessori. And it gives me an intense pleasure. Uh, dealing with small children. children. And, and of course, my daughter has 25 years of experience in that. Right. And uh, your relationship with your wife, Tell me something about that because it it has it withstood every kind of attack that came uh, your way, yeah. right? And she stood steadfast by you. She stood along with that mm. even though her health gave way. Tell me something about your relationship. Well, I'm trying to be as brief as possible. Earlier, whenever there is a difference of opinion or I used to shout at her, at the same time I used to feel sad about her, etc., etc. But 
after this incident that is for the past 20 25 years i never shouted at her <laughs> <laughs> i okay. i say simply that she is great hmm. that way i i mean there's only way to say that okay hmm. whether she does good or bad or ugly but she stood by me hmm. what is the mental makeup of a scientist is it different from anybody else you see yeah, but not only for scientists but generally if you are attached to your job hmm. if you hmm. if you start liking your job you become attached to your job then your uh, your attention to the family becomes less hmm. for which you really you know feel sad about it because you are you are not able to take care of your children that way but the temperament of any scientist if he is is different when you say science it it is uh, an astrophysicist is different from Uh, a rocket scientist hmm. a rocket scientist is the one who who gets thrilled out of his own finding because he is seeing it he is himself going up uh, even the firecrackers excites you sometimes you know yes. <laughs> same way this uh, this gives you when when the whole thing goes up uh, and it behaves see i i felt excited every major test when it is going through as, as we were talking about it i go to a nearby temple and pray pray for it that hmm. it should go well major test and and that that goes well that is very interesting when we if it doesn't go well then we will i will find that we are getting an, any any action like this is very obvious see uh, professor davan i i was picking up a very big quarrel with him see we were driven from our location if you understand it's valley hills hmm. to the tumba beach hmm. stating security as a reason security and safety then tumba we they came and occupied then they said that here again you can't go go to srigarikota so mm. when srigarikota we went there and there was nothing it is just 35000 acres of land not even you can't move around mm. so in that hot sun we put a test stand a three ton test stand we were testing it we didn't have a public address system we oh didn't have caught you You so see, primitive it sounds yeah, today. Yeah, then then I was particular. Then it was going through. After all the things are over, we were walking away from this, from the test stand, walking outside just to watch. That time I just stopped momentarily, and then I told my one person who was accompanying me. His name Narendra Nath. Narendra, this is going to be a blast. Then he asked me, "How do you say that?" because i forgot to compensate for the water calibration because mm. when we calibrate with water the coefficient of discharge changes we didn't compensate it then how do we stop it no we can't stop it this is fate watch because they are counting already 5 4 oh it blasted i didn't go there back mm. to see why the blast because i know the reason i asked for my vehicle drove to madras like i was trying to see who is the person whom i should <laughs> jump at huh. and luckily professor davan and dr pramprakash both were sitting on the lawn i saw them i didn't i can't fight with them i just to went to the office took a paper and wrote my resignation letter went there and gave it to him i said please pass this orders as quick as possible then i started walking back he said come 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 then he saw the letter then he said you go and sleep and we will see tomorrow that is a day i am sure professor davan must have made up his mind to do something about this liquid <laughs> because honestly if you would have approved it i would have gone <laughs> that's a different question yeah 
लाईक जगनाथ राव उट See, when my mother was not well, when that fellow refuses me leave, I didn't bother other than resigning my job. Mm. Is it temperamental uh, height, mm. height of temperament? Similarly, when this uh, three ton then explodes, when I was running from pillar to post, I didn't bother. I just want to resign and go, be done with that. You ask me a question on that. Yeah. So uh, afterwards, only you are thinking of what uh, consequences are, how you are going yeah. to survive, etc., yeah. etc. It's been fascinating talking to you, sir, and uh, most honored that uh, you are part of this podcast. And uh, wishing you health and happiness always. Thank you so much. I have been seeing your uh, podcast. Very, very interesting. At least you are allowing the other fellows to talk. <laughs> that is more important. I can't ever think that I would interrupt you <laughs> when you were speaking. But yeah, this is very, very, very interesting. I have seen not all, but at least majority of your interviews I have seen. Thank you. I'm most honored, yeah, sir, nice. that you. you could spend time with us. And uh, you traveled, uh, and you came here to our studios in Delhi. Thank you so much. Most grateful. Thank, Thank you. you so Thank much. You. Thank you. Thank you for watching or listening to this edition of ANI podcast with Smita Prakash. Do like or subscribe on whichever channel you have seen this or heard this. Namaste, Jai Hind.